Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, March the 25th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, jibe, which means to utter taunting words. Jibe. I hope everyone is having a lovely, lovely Thursday morning thus far. And I hope the rest of your day goes well, too. hope you're blessed. But, you know, you've already got half of, the, half of the battle. If you are awake this morning, you are blessed. It's amazing how many times uh, or how often we forget that. With all the troubles in life that we face on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis, we oftentimes forget that being alive and just being able to walk about is a the main blessing. It truly is. Well, it, it appears um, the Boulder City, Colorado gunman will appear in court later on this afternoon. And as details come out, we're learning more and more about the victims uh, of this massacre. You know, there was, of course, a police officer and nine others that were killed. The police officer was, I believe he was 51 years old and he was a 10 or 11 year um, veteran of the force. He had previously worked somewhere else in something in cloud management. I guess he was like a tech or IT or a computer program or whatever. And he decided to become a police officer. Uh, I believe his father also said that recently he had expressed uh, that he was possibly looking for something else that was a little less dangerous. And then there are some of the others that were killed uh, are employee were employees. I believe there was one uh, female who was an, uh, what they termed an upfront manager that had been with the company for uh, 20 years or so. Then there was another lady that was a clerk that had been with the company seven or eight years. Then there was a young man who was 20. He had been with the company a number of years. I guess ever since he was in high school, he, you know, they were gunned down. So, like I said, we're learning more and more about the victims these are just everyday people that were just going about their everyday lives and all of a sudden this happened had no idea what was what was had no idea what was going on or, or had no idea that that would be their last moment upon this earth clearly shows you that it can happen anywhere anytime to any one of us so Take, I would say take each day and realize that it is a blessing. You are here. Even though you may have a lot going on, someone somewhere else has it worse off than you. And that is the truth. Now, like I said, it, it, the day will be his first appearance in court. We'll see what happens, what go, how that goes. And of course, they have already come out the mental health Advocates have already came out and said, you know, he had a friend that gave a report, a total report or gave a report that he possibly, in addition to feeling like he was being targeted because he was 
Islamic. He possibly has some mental issues. I believe some of his high school friends have came out and said he was uh, he had a, a anger problem. He could uh, go from zero to sixty in a millisecond. They said he was angry and aggressive always. Like I said, he had problems controlling his anger. I don't know about the mental health aspect, and I'm sure they're going to say that's a part of mental uh, 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 mental health or what have you, the anger. But like I said, when I was coming along, that won't consider nothing with mental health. That was just you not knowing how to control your emotions. So they've already came out and said he possibly had mental health issues. Wow. Oh, well, hey, if you're going to give them that pass, give them that pass. But it's a no for me. <laughs> like, I, like I say, man, hey. It is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. I, I, I'm i not going to say I, I don't have any empathy for anyone that, like I said, picks up a gun and then decides to go and, and shoot people. I can't see the mental health problem because uh, if you're having a mental moment I would think and anger comes to the forefront then it ain't a mental moment to me it's you having a problem controlling your anger and you, you I mean just to pick up a gun and go shoot people in the middle of the day when they're just going about their daily lives that ain't mental health <laughs> that's anger that's anger all day long and, and anyway we'll I will most definitely keep those family members of those victims in my prayers as well we all should okay moving along it appears a cargo ship has gotten stuck ran aground for you civilians they don't know about that when they say got stuck it ran aground old navy term i guess a nautical term i should say uh, it appears the cargo ship has gotten stuck in the suez canal in egypt now, the cargo ship named the Evergreen is a Panamanian flagship that carries cargo between Asia and Europe. And apparently, it's a big one. It has to be. It's blocking the whole canal. Ships can't get in and out. Now, it ran aground Tuesday in the canal, dividing the continental Africa and the Sinai Peninsula. Now, experts are saying they've never heard of this happening in the man-made canal's 150-year history. On Wednesday, tugboats tried to free the ship, but to no avail. I remember those, those tugboats, man, those tugboats, they're small, but they are powerful. We, we, you know, of course, with most ships, when they pull in the port, all ships, when they pull in the port, they need the assistance of tugboats that do the pulling and the pushing and the nudging to get you Nestled in there, right beside, right beside the pier, all snug and tight. So those little tugboats, they are powerful. Now, what they're saying is it may take a day or two. Now, while stuck there, like I said, literally, other ships are piling up. They're, they're going out into the Mediterranean Sea or coming into the Red Sea. They're in the front and the back. Awaiting entry. Can't get through that that narrow canal. It, it, there's no way they can get through with that ship stuck there. And then, you know, they're waiting to transport their goods. Now, officials are also worried that these idling, idling, idling ships, excuse me, could be subject to attacks. The region is known for it. Ship raiding. Pirates. 
hmm, Paris is still around. Now, I'm sure many of you, I don't know if you can remember years ago, there there was that story. Uh, there was even a movie Tom Hanks played in a movie about the, the ship being overtaken by Somalian pirates. Yeah, that. so that region is known for that, that area. Apparently, pirates are still around. Hmm. That's strange. Not strange, but that's... Huh, okay. Now, the importance of this is 10% of the world's trade flows through the Suez Canal. You got your goods, your merchandise, or whatever. But more specific, a lot of the oil goes through there. I guess that's another reason they're raising the price, huh? Okay, we find a, a way to raise the price of oil, use that. <laughs> but that is, uh, man, that area and that canal, it is quite narrow. But that ship, they're saying it's, it's, it, it's huge. Well, most cargo ships are, but that one is, 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 is really is. It really is huge. It's stuck there. It don't look like it's moving. Like I said, they're saying it could take a day or two. I still haven't heard anything. This happened on uh, Tuesday, I believe, and I still haven't heard anything. If it's got freed up, it's still, I guess, still sitting there waiting, 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 waiting. We'll see what happens. Certainly remember that, that area. I really do from my Navy days. Now, moving on to a, a, another part. It's not in that area, but it's not far off. It appears the Pentagon's top brass arrived in Afghanistan on, Afghanistan on Sunday. Now, this marks the Biden administration's first visit to the region. The administration finds itself trying to figure out how to withdraw the 2,500 troops that are still left in Af Afghanistan without creating a high security risk to the region and possibly the world. Now, nearly for nearly 20 years, the war has been going on. Wow. I, I just didn't realize that it has been 20 years that we have been at war. Certainly haven't ha heard that much about it. I mean, of course, COVID, but even before then, it, it, you know, at one point in time, you turn on the TV, that's all they were talking about, the war in Afghanistan and, and Afghanistan and Iraq. But really haven't seen that much news coverage about it. And we've been there for 20 years after, of course, 9-11. But wow, it, it, I, I swear, I, I didn't realize we have been there for 20 years or so. Wow. Now, last year, the Trump administration broke a deal that called for complete troop withdrawal for by the spring of this year, May 1st to be exact. We all remember that. He said, uh, enough is enough. Let's get them out of there. There's no need for us to be there. And then there was opponents saying, no, you can't withdraw the troops. The, the You, you got to train the Afghan people. And, and if you leave now, then you're going to create a, a a great, the least of your worries would be a humanitarian crisis with the, you know, Afghan citizens fleeing. It, you're going to pretty much leave the country in the hands of uh, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Now, 
Like I said, last year, the administration broke a deal that called for complete troop withdrawal by the spring of May 1st. But, you know, the agreement was signed by the Taliban last year also. However, Turkey announced Friday, last Friday, that it would host a peace summit in April. Now, this request was by the Biden administration to negotiate a talk between the Afghan government and the Taliban. Now, the Taliban has continued its bloody attacks on the U.S.-trained Afghan troops. Haven't stopped, not one bit, even after signing that agreement. And... Also, has it broken apart from Al-Qaeda? Which was part of that deal also that they agreed upon and signed last year. Now, the Taliban's response to the fast approaching May 1st deadline is if the U.S. doesn't meet the deadline of May 1st for complete troop withdrawal, there will be a reaction. Hmm. So they're always making threats. But like I said, you know, they're saying that the U.S. agreed to this troop withdrawal. And if they're not gone, there's going to be a reaction. Well, there are a lot more things that were uh, agreed upon that they signed. They were supposed to stop the, the killing and the bombings and the shootings and the ratings. And they've continued on. Just amazing how those that are, how they can say, if, if they don't, then we're gonna, there's going to be a reaction. You mean a continued reaction to what you've already been doing and haven't stopped after you agreed upon that? I'm not, I, I don't know too much about those little peace deals and peace summits and how they work. But I, I would think, I feel safe in saying that if you sign something saying you were going to stop and you continue, aren't you in violation of that? Yeah, you are. But hey, they're, they're such a, a powerful force in that region. And everybody's walking on eggshells because they don't want to stir them up. It looks like they're already stirred up. They'll continue on doing what they've been doing. They're not deviating not one bit from that. That's just who they are, I guess, if you can say that. And it is. But yeah, I, I know that they're, uh, the troops that are left there, I know they're anxious to come home. I would be. And, and, and Anyway, it's an ongoing battle. A war. 20 years. Wow. I did not realize that. I hate to keep saying it, but it's just, it just boggles my mind that 20 years later, let's see here, 20 years later, Bin, Bin Laden has been killed. Some of his, I guess one of his sons or whatever, some of his other high ranking Taliban, Taliban members have been killed. On the Iraqi side, um, Saddam Hussein has been killed. And many of you may be asking the same thing I, I, I am. Are these the ones that, well, bin Laden was especially targeted because of 9 11? And Saddam was uh, targeted because of his treatment to citizens or certain people in that region of Iraq and Kuwait. If they're gone, why are we still there? We're still there because he, they were just pretty much figureheads. Because just like this, this article talks about uh, the Taliban, Taliban, but they're still linked to Al-Qaeda. Al they're still there and they aren't going anywhere. 
Now I can remember when the U.S. first went to that region, people were saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You shouldn't go. That that region is very volatile. There's really nothing you can do there because it's been ongoing for not just years, decades, centuries. And now we see this. And it's true. You got 2,500 troops still left there and you're trying to figure out how to get them out without leaving the country and the region in turmoil that will surely spill out to the rest of the world. It's just, it, it, it's a diplomatic mess. But another question that comes up, how will, how would you disband Al-Qaeda? Because Al-Qaeda seems to be the, the, the keeper of all the stones, if you will. They, they have, yeah, Al-Qaeda is Al-Qaeda, but it seems like they have different sets of, or, or wings or whatever that go out and do their bidding. So how do you dismantle them? How do you get rid of them? They may possibly, <laughs> but they're going to be there for, for however long they're there until I guess they decide they get, it is what they want, whatever that is. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. So, uh, wow. Wow. In the midst of all that, I, I just keep thinking 20 years. Wow, that, that 20 years has gone by fast, has it not? I, I just can't believe it's been 20 years since the United States has been in that re region. Dealing with that. Time will tell, time will tell. Now, let's move along to a, a topic that uh, I, I really... That caught my attention. And it's really, I don't want to say perplexing, but I, I just have some questions and observations. It appears a North Carolina school system finds itself in the hot seat over some racist tweets. Now, the tweets were part of a Civil War history assignment for fourth graders and wax at Wax Hall Elementary School in Union County. I believe Union County is out west, if I'm not mistaken, near the mountains or going towards the mountains. Might be in the mountains. Well, apparently the, the assignment asked that students write, uh, ask students to write mock tweets and hashtags from the perspective of people living in North Carolina during the Civil War. So they gave him an assignment and say, "Hey, we're going to take you're going to take this perspective of uh, North Carolinians during the Civil War and how they felt about slavery. I guess they were in favor of slavery, so that was the perspective. That might be the the problem also for some people. Now, one of the tweets contained some from someone with a uh, handle." of slavery forever, the tweet said, don't stop slavery. Another tweet said, you may not agree with slavery, but I do, and I'm honest about it. Slave, hashtag slavery for life. Another, under the fake username, Confederate for life, why do we need to leave the country? We can stay and our slaves can too. Hashtag slavery forever. 
Now, what caught everyone's attention was the school, Waxhaw Elementary, uploaded a photo to Facebook showing the message on a classroom wall. And the school captioned the, captioned the photo with the message that they were ones that students were most proud of. The tweets, these were the tweets that the students were most proud of. <sighs> and it goes on to say that the students had studied North Carolina and given a different perspective and they were given different roles and they would use those roles as a perspective on the Civil War. They were supposed to give their, uh, I guess, pro-stance on slavery. Now, maybe they were supposed to do another part of the assignment that they were supposed to give uh, a, a perspective from those that were against slavery, the abolitionists or maybe even some of the Southerners that were, you know, from North Carolina. To, but maybe they never got around to it because this stirred the pot and stirred the pot. It did because uh, the NAACP head there in Union County is saying this project was totally inappropriate, inappropriate for fourth graders. And she may be right for that. That, that may be a little, that may be a little bit too much for fourth graders. And, 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 and after Outrage from parents, students, and the community. The school system, the, the the school took the post down off Facebook. Well, I would, I, I just now, I I understand now that that, that there is uh, an ongoing to change the curriculum at the state level. That includes a more in depth discussion and explanation of slavery. I understand that wholeheartedly. And this is one of those, I mean, you, you can't have a discussion without having some uneasy moments. And this is one of those uneasy moments because it is very uneasy and, and unsoothing to many to talk about slavery. They cringe when you say it, you know, they, they cringe. And when you bring it up and there's a general conversation, now, this perspective of, of having these fourth graders do these tweets from the perspective of someone that was in favor of those that were in favor of slavery, in favor of slavery may have, well, for that age group, it may have been inappropriate, but I, I really don't find a problem with it. Because I always say, if you're, you know, if you are going to change the curriculum and you are going to include a more in-depth discussion and a truthful description of what slavery was and how it affected people. These are the, these are part of these uneasy moments that you have to have in there because as cruel and inhumane as slavery was, there were some that were in favor of it. I mean, that's just part of the history of this country. So if you're going to say you want them to include a more in-depth discussion and explanation of slavery, you got to have this in there along with, the, you know, the explanation of the harshness of it and, and showing those that weren't in favor of it. it you just have to. But I think that the NAACP uh, president is saying it was inappropriate. That's her, her biggest thing, which is understandable. Maybe for fourth graders, it was a bit harsh. But I think the teacher or, or the school 
to incorporate hashtags and tweets to show a perspective, to teach the kids a perspective of, of how those that were feeling during that time, I think it was, I thought it was a good thing. I mean, you have to reach this generation the best way you can. And what better way to, to reach them and show them something than to include a form of social media. I, I, and, and I know everyone's going to say, well, wait a minute, that, that, that was totally inappropriate. Yeah, it may have been, but you got to, sometimes you got to pull out inappropriate means to get the end. Any way you can, by all means necessary. Now, when I first heard of the story, because like I said, this is a, a pretty much an old story. It happened uh, earlier this month or, or last month or something like that. It may have been part of that black history um, side also that maybe that's another reason why people are upset or maybe they created the assignment right after black history. But I think that incorporation of, of, of social media hashtags was a good idea. It's a good start. I say build upon it. I mean, you're saying that it was inappropriate. Yeah, I get it. And and when I first heard the story, I, I, I of course I read some of the tweets, and I, I said to myself, "Well, they they've got that part, that aspect of it down pat. The slavery for life. The why should I leave? We can keep our slaves or, or whatever. Slavery forever." That is what they were screaming. That is what they were saying during the Civil War. Many Southerners. I mean, it is. It just is. Or maybe there's an aspect that's saying that it's not coming from the kids, it's coming from the parents. Whatever the case may be, I mean, if you're going to have that, if you want that, that this open dialogue, I just don't think you can shut down everything that you don't agree with or everything that offends you. Because you have to have that offensive talk. How are you going to have a talk about what offends you if every time it comes up, you want to shut it down and say, that's, that's not, a, a, it's, it's offensive, it's inappropriate. And like I said, maybe it is for fourth graders. I don't know. But maybe it's not. And, you know, I was raised where a lot of things I, I say and I think now that if my mother were, were to raise me in this generation, the way she did in the previous generation, she probably wouldn't wouldn't make it because it would be seen as outdated and harsh and cruel, very much like I, I've been perceived. But I, I just feel sometimes, hey, you got to you got to you, you have to get slapped in the face to realize, hey, you know, cruel and harsh as it is, it is true. And, th and those sweet tweets and hashtags and what have you, they were truth. The language was harsh, but it was the truth. So I can't fully agree with that of, of saying that it shouldn't be included because if we're truly going to reach this generation and teach this generation we're going to have to get down to their level by any and all means necessary and try something new because the old way just like uh, as we all know the old way of standing up there reading from a book with this generation it just ain't gonna work 
And it's not that they don't have the discipline or, 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 or what have you. It's just they have a different mindset. So maybe, just maybe, this this side of it was, was a good idea. But then again, I, people don't see things the way I see it or the way you may see it. Like I said, a lot of people said it was inappropriate. Some even said it was cruel. How could you have those kids in class writing that and saying that? Well, it was part of a Civil War history project. I mean, duh. That's just what it was. But, you know, hey, I I understand. Like I said, if you're going to say you want to have a discussion and you want this to be included in the curriculum of teaching the kids about slavery, you're going to have to encompass everything, every aspect of it, even those that offend you. You just have to. There's no way around it. So I, I just would say, hey, everybody, just just calm down, man. I didn't I didn't get offended when I I, I read those tweets. I just didn't. Because the first thing that came to my mind after I read what they were trying to do, the perspective, I said, oh, this is a pretty good idea. I think everyone is, is offended by the language that was used by fourth graders. And they probably said, well, how did these, these fourth graders know how to say that? I think they're trying to figure out where they got that language or where they got that uh, that implied or those implied messages of hate. Probably saying it came from the parents. Maybe some of the teachers. If it did, it did. Uh, hey, you, you can't change what's in someone's mind. Can't change what's in someone's household. If they choose to teach it that way to their kids, a way as, as, as cruel as that is, or as cruel as that sounds, they just do. It's all about what you do in your household, how you explain it to your kids, how you can combat it. Like I said, I, I personally didn't find any offense in it. I'm, I'm on the fence as it relates to those being fourth graders. Yeah, that may have been a bit too much for them in the fourth grade. Yeah, that may have been a little bit too much. I give you that. But as far as, you know, reworking the, the educational system, the curriculum to include a more in-depth discussion and explanation of slavery, I think this is the start. May sound odd coming from me, but look a little deeper. This is the start. You have to start somewhere. And oftentimes in life, we all know that when you start to dig into issues that are hard to truthfully discuss, you don't get lilies in the valley. You usually get the manure. You have to start it. Hey, even when you're planting, you got to start down in the dirt. This is down in the dirt. This is that moment. This is that discussion that needs to be had and not shut down. If you're truthfully going to discuss every aspect of slavery, not just some aspects that you handpicked, because that's been the problem for far too long, as we all know. When we have these discussions, not just about slavery, but any part of history, how specific parts are are picked out and done away with. And then years later, when we become adults or young adults and we start researching on our own, we find out that, hey, I wasn't taught that in school. 
because someone made a decision. I they're too young. It's too harsh. No, it ain't. It needs to be talked about. It just does. Stop sugarcoating everything. You're not sparing anyone's feelings by taking certain things out for historical context. If you truthfully want to have that discussion, then this is the start for me. This is the catalyst. It truthfully is. Now, those administrators may not have thought that that far ahead and the parents that are offended may not have thought that far ahead. But for me personally, this is it. This is where it starts. Got to sit down and have those uncomfortable conversations. Got to dig down in that dirt in order to get those lilies. They just, they just, they, they just don't pop up because you hope and wish for them. Got to dig deep in the dirt, turn that soil over and throw that manure on it to help those flowers grow. Do people still use manure in gardens? Or they use compost? Ooh. Oh, how wonderful. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, like I said, I hope everyone's having a, a wonderful Thursday. I hope everyone enjoys their weekend. I may or may not be back before the weekend starts. I'm going to try. Crazy work schedule. Crazy life. A lot of things going on. I just think uh, with everything that's going on in the world right now, I truthfully think everyone just needs to breathe. Take a step back and take a deep breath. Go meditate somewhere. Weather's breaking. Go sit in the park, sit on the grass, and just sit there and relax. It'll do like we used to do when we were kids, when we would lay on the grass and look up at the sky. Right now, it seems like everyone's up in arms and just ready to just... Like they're just in a in a, a blind fury and rage. Take time to relax. I know it's hard as an uh, uh, adults now. You got work, you got kids, you got bills, got COVID. I know it's hard, but it, for your own personal well-being, take some time for yourself. Maybe doing too much it can help you to refocus and relax. Well. That's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response, and I would love to hear your voice. You know, like I always say, I won't bite. Not physically anyway, verbally I may. So, offer your feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Also on Verbal and WordPress. And just like I told you guys yesterday, I'm working on that YouTube. Put a face to the voice. I will be going live soon. I will give you the exact date and time. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a 
thought. Amen.